as the morning reflection I want to share some verses from the numerical discourses. It's a series of verses that are related, found in the Book of Ones. And the first one is called A Spike. So that's the the title kind of given to this collection of ten. And this is about the mind. So right now, as you're really getting settled into the retreat, today you have this opportunity to really observe your mind, of course. And maybe this will provide some uh, kind of fodder for reflection. Suppose a spike of barley or rice was pointing the wrong way. If you walk on it with your foot or you press on it with your hand, there's no way it could break the skin and produce blood. So the wrong way in this, in this context is it's lying flat and you step on it or you put your hand on it and it can't produce, it can't break the skin or produce blood. Why is that? Because the spike is pointing the wrong way. In the same way, a practitioner's, who's, a practitioner whose mind is pointing the wrong way cannot break ignorance produce knowledge and realize Nibbana. Why is that? Because their mind is pointing the wrong way. I suppose a spike of rice or barley is pointing the right way, so it's sticking up. If you trod on it with your foot or you press on it with your hand, it may well break the skin and produce blood. Why is that? because the spike is pointing the right way. In the same way, a practitioner whose mind is pointing the right way can break ignorance, produce knowledge, and realize Nibbana. Why is that? Because the mind is pointing the right way. And the Buddha said, when I've comprehended the mind of a person whose mind is corrupted, I understand if this person were to die right now, they would be cast down to hell. Why is that? Because their mind is corrupted. Corruption of mind is the reason why some sentient beings, when their body breaks up after death, are reborn in a place of loss a bad place, the underworld, hell. So when I think about that, it sounds a little harsh. Maybe because we might think our mind is corrupted, but it's corrupted in in a pretty minor way. But if you think of some of the things human beings do, like buy automatic weapons and open them up on grade school children, there's, a, there's an illness there. It's, it's not like we 
we come to that with harshness or hatred, but with an understanding that the mind is corrupted. Any kind of hatred, any kind of cruelty, the mind is corrupted. Even strong, sensual desire, greed, wanting something for ourselves, and it's at someone else's expense, the mind is corrupted. So, of course, it's in a bad place already, let alone whatever comes in the next life. And then the Buddha said, when I've comprehended the mind of a person whose mind is pure, I understand if this person were to die right now, they would be raised up to heaven. Why is that? Because their mind is pure. Purity of mind is the reason why some sentient beings, when their body breaks up after death, are reborn in a good place, a heavenly realm. And this comes back to many times we've heard um, a highly developed teachers talk about the importance of the purity of the mind. Like even a woman who came to Ajahn Gunhaus and she was talking about the ants overrunning her house and how she's tried. So many of you have heard me tell this story before, but it, you know, every time maybe we can get a little bit deeper, like what does this mean to have purity of the mind? And she was talking about she's tried all the kind of natural things to deter the ants, and she was really looking for Ajahn Ganha to say, well, sometimes you just have to get the exterminator or put out the poison and take the karma. But he did not say that. He said, you need to have purity of the mind. You have to have purity of the mind. And she's, she's really agitated about the ants. I mean, you, you know how I, maybe you know what it's like. I lived in a place once where the ants were really into everything. I'd try to, something that they liked, I'd try to put, you know, on top of a, you know, one of those cake things that has the pedestal in a pan of water and the ants, I swear, they were sacrificing themselves, making a chain so that other ants could <laughs> they, they got into it. I mean, it was unbelievable. They were in the dirty clothes. I mean, it's like everywhere, everywhere in this house. And um, so I had some sympathy for this poor lady. And I could really appreciate her aversion and Ajahn Ganaha said to her, the way you're talking, your mind is not pure. <laughs> and she said, well, the way you're talking, I could move. And he said, yeah, you could move. That's actually what happened to me. We moved. <laughs> but the point being that we have to hold the purity of the mind above worldly concerns. And so this is, you know, this is what the Buddha is saying. This is, this is really what's very important to take seriously. And then he says, suppose there was a lake that was cloudy, murky, and muddy. A person with good eyesight standing on the bank would not see the clams and mussels and pebbles and gravel 
and schools of fish swimming about or staying still. Why is that? Because the water is clouded. In the same way that a practitioner whose mind is clouded would know what's for their own good, the good of another, or the good of both, or that they would realize any superhuman distinction in knowledge and vision worthy of the noble ones, that is not possible. Why is that? Because their mind is clouded. Suppose there was a lake that was transparent, clear, and unclouded. A person with good eyesight standing on the bank would see the clams and mussels and pebbles and gravel and schools of fish swimming about or staying still. Why is that? Because the water is unclouded. In the same way, that a practitioner whose mind is not clouded would know what's for their own good, the good of another, or the good of both, or that they would realize any superhuman distinction in knowledge and vision worthy of the noble ones, this is possible. Why is that? Because their mind is unclouded. Do you really have a sense of the simile? Have you ever stood at the edge of a, of a stream or a, a, a pond and seen like right down to the bottom and the pebbles and the, and the gravel and the fish? And, and we have that with our creek. The water is so clear. You can look in there and you can just see everything. Have you ever seen a school of fish be still? how they're like kind of just swimming there in the current and don't move. <laughs> it's beautiful. I mean, I love the way that the Buddha brings these similes out in the suttas, and if it's something we've had experience with, we can really get, get it. Like, when is the mind that clear? And we can really see things the way they actually are without any obstruction. And do we know, do we know when our mind is that clear, do we know when it's cloudy? Yeah, I think so. We can get a sense of that. Sometimes we need our our spiritual friends to give us some help, maybe. If we're too clouded, we can't even see we're clouded. (laughs) But then we need our help from our friends. But a lot of times we can tell. With our creek, we also have the other experience. When it rains a lot, you know, the water's coming down from the mountain and mountain and all sides and it's running into that creek and that creek gets really wild. It can get really wild. It can move like trees this big, you know, it, it just really pushes everything. And it looks so murky. Um, there's this, if you've ever been to Asia, you've probably been introduced to what they call three-in-one. You get these packets of instant coffee that has the artificial creamer and the sugar already in it. And you dump it in the cup and you put in water and it looks like that creek. (laughs) Or I should say the creek. We're like, hey, it's three in one today. (laughs) The creek is like, just there's no way you can see anything going on under the water, in the water. So it's like that with the mind, you know. 
I, I have a bikini friend who sometimes will say, my mind is cloudy right now. She's not going to talk about anything. That's smart. This happens to us. And then we can start to think, oh, what are the conditions that help my mind to be clear like that clear pool? So I can know what's for my own good and what's for the good of others and what's for the good of both. Just as the boxwood is said to be the best kind of tree in terms of its pliability and workability, so too, I do not see a single thing that's as pliable and workable as the mind when it is developed and cultivated. A mind that is developed and cultivated is pliable and workable. Again, training the mind to get to this point where you can really use it. It's pliable. It can, it can take things in. It can understand. It's prepared to see what you haven't seen before. And then the Buddha says, I do not see a single thing that's as quick to change as the mind. So much so that it's not easy to give a simile for how quickly the mind can change. So I kind of like that place right here. You've got these similes of the rice poking through or not. You've got the, the lake and cloudy or clear. Beautiful similes, but then it gets to the mind. The mind can change so fast, I can't even come up with anything to compare it to. And this is what we experience, too. You know, like we can, we can be doing something out of these good intentions and you know, it's kind and generous, and then something comes into the mind, and it's like, poop, suddenly it's like, what am I going to get out of this? Or something like that. The mind can change so fast, some small corruption to come in. And then we, if we have the mindfulness, we can go, oh, no, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not why we're doing this. Again, that, that feeling of this mind is like a child, and if, if we're developing and cultivating that wisdom aspect, then we can catch it and we can, ah, uh, no, no. This is not for me. This is not what, this is, this is not something I can own. We can't own anything. We have to remember that. Nothing. So, you know, really coaching ourselves Noticing when the mind changes. And of course, this is really great because the mind can change in a positive way. We can turn it again. You know, it's like, no, we don't have to go at it with greed, hatred, or delusion. We can go at it with up your mind. It can change that fast. And then he says, the last two one-liners here, this mind is radiant, but it's corrupted by passing corruptions. Or Bhikkhu Bodhi sometimes 
translated as the mind is radiant, the defilements are adventitious. They just come, you don't even know where from. The mind is radiant, it's corrupted by passing corruptions. And the next one, the last one, this mind is radiant. It is freed from passing corruptions. This is, this is not the, the Buddha, at the, at the point where the Buddha was, when he was saying this, there were no corruptions. So he wasn't talking about his mind. He was talking about mind. When we experience the mind has this fundamental radiance. That's what the Buddha said. He said it in a few different places, in a few different ways. Now, you know, sometimes when we hear teachers talk about, you know, kind of a pure consciousness or something like that, I think they're talking about this fundamental, you know, purity of mind, a radiance. But I think if we start um, going beyond that. We have to be careful. Like the Buddha never overstepped. He never went beyond. He never said things beyond what he could directly experience, what he had directly experienced. So the Buddha never talked about Buddha nature. He didn't say that that's the fundamental, like, um, basis, but he's acknowledging here this, or, or reporting on this reality that there's this radiance of the mind, or a luminosity to the mind. And that, you know, by seeing that the defilements, greed, hatred, and delusion, and all their cousins, um, are something that, that comes in and kind of messes things up, and we can clear that out and clean it up. And that's what makes it possible to awaken. And he knew that directly himself. And he knew that it's possible for us. So there's a place where he says, if you couldn't do it, I wouldn't be teaching this. Happy practicing today.